listening to the Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins Colossus. Yeah, so, uh, you know, kind of a busy off-season. Uh, I imagine for you this has to be one of the busier off-seasons you've had, I guess. Um, I think it changes, right? Uh, you know, I mean, after we went to back-to-back Final Fours, we had the luxury of, uh, you know, so many coaches moving on to become head coaches. So I feel like in our sport is it's ever-changing. You're always, it's either hiring new staff, I think, where our game is headed, obviously, um, transfers now are, are kind of moving into the, the forefront, kind of like the men's game. Um, you know, I saw an article where the men's game from, from uh, Izzo that last year they had 800 transfers and this year they had 900. And I think if you do your homework and watch the women's side, um, this has been probably uh, the, the most amount, well it is, the most amount of transfers that uh, our game has had. So. Um, it's not going away, unfortunately. I, I think it's something that is uh, going to be a constant, um, unfortunately, which I hate uh, for our game and, and for programs out there. But um, at the same point, you know, uh, you got to continue to to work through it and and do what's best for your program. Mm-hmm. And obviously, uh, you got struck with that. I'm not going to ask specifics for each player, but in general, I mean, when did you know that? You know, when did people come to you and you realized, you know, your roster this upcoming season will look a little different than you planned? Yeah, um, I think, you know, at the conclusion of our season, you know, uh, you know, uh, we had taken some some time away. We went to the Final Four and then we came back and they had made those decisions. Uh, you know, I think they were obviously wrestling with them throughout the season and I think all three had their own unique situations. So. I think, you know, the the biggest thing we did is, uh, you know, we handled it like we always do as a team and as a family, and they said uh, their goodbyes, and, and, you know, as a program, as you can see, we've moved uh, forward, you know, signing Shanice Lewis, I mean, we're super excited, uh, you know, basically to be able to, um, for, for us to be able to get a point guard and a point guard that's eligible immediately uh, was huge. And I think it speaks volumes to our program to, to be able to find someone who has won four state titles, was MVP of the National Championship Dick Sporting Events. So for us to find, you know, Shanice, we had recruited her the first time. Uh, and then obviously when we had signed Destiny, we, we didn't need another point guard. So. Uh, we're super excited that, that we're going to get a winner like that into our program. And um, anyone who's come into our offseason and seen our, our work that the players are putting in, I mean, they're extremely motivated and um, excited to be able to take on bigger roles. With Shanice, I mean, so, you know, obviously it, it seemed like a pretty quick turnaround that you guys lost one point card, added another. Obviously you said you had recruited her before. Um, but what was sort of the timeline of, you know, you guys reaching back out to her and then her coming over and her signing? Um, you know, I mean, you know, we were uh, were obviously aware of that uh, there had been a coaching change made at Illinois. And so, um, you know, I mean, you know, it was basically once she was able to get her release and go through her process was when we were able to connect with her and share with her, you know, our vision for her and for Maryland. And, you know, I can't say enough about what the family did and, and going through their process, but at the same point, they also, uh, you know, knew what a program like Mar- Maryland was and, and what she was stepping into and, and with the talent that's going to be around her. 
And I guess going back to the transfer, obviously, you know, it's not your program that's getting you touched on that. You know, I think Louisville lost some Ohio State, lost some other programs, you know. Notre Dame. Seeing players yep. go as well. Is it? Is there anything coaches can do to kind of, like, adjust to this or limit this? Or is it just something that's happening in college basketball, you know, with the grad transfer and more players leaving on the men's side? No, I mean, I think if you were able to, the men would already have it fixed, right? Like the men, I mean, have been going through this a lot sooner than, than what we're going through. So I think, you know, the element of playing time now uh, instantly, you know, I mean, people want to play sooner. Uh, they don't want to wait. I think the element of television and social media has all um, accelerated the curve for people. So I don't think any of that is going away. Um, we're on television a lot and, and the exposure our players receive and so I think when when people aren't playing you know there's a lot of things that that can influence uh, you know behind the scenes and ultimately you know I wish them all the best I you know I, I think the players that we have in our program are here for the right reasons and um, love the family element and the balance that that we've created um, you know, we have three pre-med majors that have come through our program actually four now with Lori Bjork and uh, you know they they know that they get that balance when, when they come to Maryland and they know um, how they're treated and, and what they go through. So I think ultimately um, the players that, that we get to coach are the players that, that fit us the best. With so many of those transfers being top recruits, I think, what, seven or eight of the top like 25? The top 25 mm -hmm. of the past um, Do you think the draft rules being the way they are with, you know, you have to stay a certain number of years or be a certain age, um, do you think that factors into it at all? Um, I think maybe a little, but you know, our women's game, like, I mean, there, there's not the money that, that you're talking about for the men's game to leave early. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's really overseas in, in terms of where they make their money, but it's still nowhere near for, for the men's game. So I don't think that, I mean, that's been a factor for a few, but, um, you know, I just think it's more, you know, um, you know, individuals and families have, have their own. Um, expectation of where they what they feel like they should be getting out of college so like I guess with Shanice like is she obviously she's gonna step in right away how much are you gonna try to you know I guess usher her in you know increase the minutes or what does it look like for next year yet yeah um you know, she's a, a talent. Uh, she's played at the highest level, and the kid knows how to win. So, you know, it's a matter I think we do a really good job as a staff is, like, preparing kids and, and putting them in positions to be successful. So, you know, you know, we had two freshmen start for us this year. So if she's ready, uh, she'll, she'll be prepared. If not, I'm really confident in terms of this team and, you know, the work they've put in. So, I mean, we never make those decisions a, a, ahead of time. Um, where they're going to fall into, um, but you know, they all know there's a tremendous opportunity ahead for, for all of them in terms of um, what next season's uh, going to look like. But I'm excited. You know, we we had these um, elements. You know, in the past when we graduated Alyssa Thomas and nobody knew what Shatori and Bree Jones were going to be, right? They were top 50 players and they weren't all Americans, and you know they. Put their head down and worked and and just left you know number six and number eight in the draft so it's not like we don't have any talent on this roster we still have a lot of mcdonald's all americans we still have a lot of kids that were patiently uh, waiting their turn to to have their time you know brie frazier has 
you know, just put her head down and worked in the two years that she's been here, and she's going to have a tremendous opportunity next year. So I'm excited for, for those that have been really patient and worked hard in the process now to, to be able to get their turn. Yeah, and I guess speaking of that, you mentioned Bree Fraser, other players, you know, Steph Jones got more minutes yeah. throughout the year. Yeah. Kyla got more throughout the year, but now she'll have a chance to take a more scoring role. What do they need to do to, you know, take that next step? Um, you know, I think they I, – I, I am very confident they will. I mean, they, they – you know, um, like championship teams do, we had you know two All Americans that that shouldered the the load for most of the year. So, you know, the fact that Kyla Charles gave us ten and six behind those two, <laughs> I mean, she's easily ready for for a bigger role. And so, Steph Jones is healthy, like you talked about. Brianna Frazier has has uh, just needed more minutes. So, um, it's not like they can't score and they can't shoulder the load. They've just been. Um, as a team player waiting the, their turn to, to have more minutes, to be quite honest. I mean, Shatori and Bree, as they should have, um, took a lot of minutes the, this year that, that they'll now be getting their turn. Has that been like, you know, sense of motivation for the players knowing that, you know, Shatori and Bree are gone and there's a lot of, you know, time up in the air, a lot of minutes to be had? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think um, they're, they're fully aware of, um, you know, the next step, which they, they knew, you know, that we were losing Bree and Shatori. And so, um, they've been preparing through the season. I mean, I know I've had uh, conversations in terms of what those roles were going to look like going into next season, and um, that's something they're, they're really excited about. One thing that uh, always interested me was, you know, this whole cycle. After you signed six recruits in 2016, Shanice is your first one in 2017, and she, you know, committed way later than everyone yeah. else. Um, and you've already moved on to 2018 kids, 2019 kids. So, like, how how did you guys sort of arrive at that was your strategy? Not skipping over 2017, but I guess being more selective. You mean for 17? Yeah. And um, well, I mean, I think at the time, you know, we felt like we had a six-player class that was going to stick and it was going to stay and stay committed to their class. You know, being the number one ranked. Uh, class in the country. Um, so, you know, I, I'm a big believer of not over recruiting numbers in terms of what we do. So, I mean, we were loyal to that. Um, but obviously, when things change, I mean, you have to, you know, continue to take care of your program. And, you know, that's what we were able to do, obviously, with being able to get Shanice so late. And, and you know, you're always out in, in your recruiting classes with, with what you're doing. And at the same time, you added Eliana in midseason. Um, so, I mean, what, what's the process for adding someone, you know, in the middle of the season while you're also focusing on trying to win games? Yeah, um, you know, it was a unique situation. I mean, like, like you talked about, I mean, transfers now are not going away. And, uh, you know, so I think, you know, like we do as a staff is we evaluate um, every situation for the ones that, that make sense for us and, and whether we want to pursue and, and, and are they the right fit. We're very meticulous in, in our recruiting. Um, in terms of the right fit and, and who we want. Uh, sometimes we get it right, sometimes we don't. But, I mean, that's our, you know, we want the right fit for, for our family. And um, so she was a great fit. I mean, just, uh, you know, um, you know in, in terms of the, through the recruiting process. And, you know, we're excited to, to you know, uh, have her play in. And as far as that goes, with her being eligible kind of halfway through the year, I mean, how do you approach that with, you know, here's this half of the year, she won't be able to play, but you get other players a chance and then when she Yeah, um, you know, I'll be honest. I mean, it's a unique situation because, it, you know, it's one I've never actually had anyone come eligible mid mid-season. So it will be an element we work through. I just think patiently, like we have day by day, 
Um, I know Eliana wants to play like tomorrow, and uh, so keeping her patient. But um, big picture, you know, like you know, she'll she'll have that date, and it's a long season uh, when you're playing into March and April. So you know, for for us, it's just taking it one day at a time. As I know, before she came here, she was leading Florida in scoring. What? I guess fans and people watching the team expect to see her because obviously you know not a lot of footage of her except if you've been yeah. watching Florida. Yeah, uh, I mean fans are gonna love her. She's a high motor scoring guard. She's big. She's versatile. She's about six foot. Um, she's gonna be playing on her Greek uh, national senior national team this summer. Um, so she's done it at every level when you talk about from college through uh, the senior national team. So um, she's a scorer, like you said. She's going to be able to bring in instant offense you know, to our team uh, with the offense that we just lost with Shatori and Bree. So um, she, she's going to be, you know, just, uh, I mean, our fans are going to love watching. You know, she can slash, she can shoot the three, she can get to the rim and draw fouls. So um, fans are going to really love watching her play. And I guess with, um, you know, with recruiting, obviously, you know, the team's going to World University Games this summer. How much more time do you have to add to this roster before you know you got to come back in the summer and start preparing for uh, that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one, I think it's great, you know, in terms of when you talk about the bigger roles that this team is going to be faced with is that we're going to get to see that un unfold in the World University Games. So I think first and foremost having that. Uh, it's going to be, be huge for us and to have that kind of international experience. And then, you know, like we always do, you know, we'll come back and, you know, they'll have a couple of weeks off because, I mean, they're going to have come off of a lot in terms of giving up, you know, the, the late end of their summer. So um, we'll have a great balance. And, and then I, I just think we have a great advantage in terms of some of the stuff we want to put in um, this summer, you know, with, with, with this current team. With, you know, you, that's not an opportunity a lot of teams have had to go to that. Um, you know, I think you guys are the first Power Five team to do it. So, you know, how does that all come together? I mean, we were really fortunate to be able to get that call. You know, I mean, you talk about like Purdue's men is going this summer. Kansas went the last time, and yeah, we're the only second women's team to to ever be asked as they've put this together. So it's an honor. I mean, for for us to be able to take you know our team, our staff. I mean, to be coaching you know. Uh, you know, Maryland and USA basketball uh, in Taiwan, you know, I think there's nothing but, you know, great things that, that are going to help us as we go into to next season. And the rules for it, you know, who can play seem, the rules seem a little off, but we can just expect to see, I guess, the 17-18 roster more or less, right? Yes. Yeah. Our current team. Yep. So that ends right at the start of school. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yeah. There'll be a uh, coming back into school a little jet lagged uh you know from everything but that's why when we come back they'll they'll have a nice break you know in terms of they won't need to go through the preseason conditioning which they won't mind uh you know given what they they're gonna have come off of um you know with scheduling um you know a lot of times the last two years you guys started with UMass Lowell South Carolina's a different beast <laughs> um you know so how, what do you think is the importance of starting off with that game and then, you know, still more kind of tough non-conference games, obviously going to UConn later. Yeah, I think um, we'll learn a lot about our team early. Uh, you know, the the defending national champions coming in, second game of the season, I mean, that's going to be a great uh, 
game for our fans and and to be able to see where we're at they also lost a lot obviously they have Asia Wilson coming back but uh, lost two kids to the WNBA as well so um, excited for us to have that opportunity and you know really to you know we play GW this year and U Albany and you know a lot of teams that that made the tournament were taking Aisha back home to Miami Shanice will get to go back as well so um, you know, the, there's just a lot of great uh, games that are going to be on our schedule this year to test us early. And, you know, the Big Ten, since you guys have joined, it's not been your fault, but, you know, there have been some coaching changes, programs that have kind of declined. Has that been a motivation, I guess, schedule tougher opponents out of conference, given where the Big Ten is and will be for the next I think for us this two? season it was, I mean, a priority because um, I really thought this past year was um, – the bigger hit, I think, in, in terms of some some changes that that took place within the conference. So, I think you have to evaluate that, uh, you know, um, you know, just like a UConn does, right? In terms of, of what they face, although you know the what we face in in terms of some of the teams are um, probably you know a lot tougher. Uh, but yeah, I think you definitely have to evaluate from from year to year and you, your own current schedule and roster as well as uh, what you're going to be facing. Um, I guess we'll we'll close out on you know kind of a high note. Brian Chatori, uh six and eight. You know, seeing senior players obviously grow up, go to the get drafted, uh, you know, go to the draft and get picked first round. Does that ever get old? Never, <laughs> never. Um, I think the the coolest thing is is when our players come in and and they share with you their dreams and their goals and their aspirations. And then to be able to see from like a Bree and Shatori that, you know, again, like two two kids that were, you know, top 50, not McDonald's All-Americans, not Jordan, all Jordan brand, you know, they just came in and put their head down and work. Shatori was down to Maryland and Duquesne in her process. And then to be able to see first round draft picks and uh, could have went to two better situations in terms of where they were picked and, and what team and uh, to be living out their, their dreams is uh, what, what we're in it for. And I mean, what's it been like for the players now with them going to see that, you know, model for hard work coming and not being like a super high recruit and just working your way up? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, they they get a living example every day. And I think that's a big reason why they choose Maryland is that they know they're going to be developed across the board, you know, from, you know, basketball to specific training to, you know, just the whole person. And I think, you know, that's the thing is if they put their head down and work, you know, good things are, are in store for them. All right. Well, uh, thank you for the time. Yeah. And thank uh, you guys. We'll, we'll see you again. All right. Appreciate it.